Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia is a comedian, wife, author of Smart Wedding, who is licensed to drive a motorbike in the Cook Islands. Well, I bet that comes in handy often. Well, you're right, Carly. It hasn't quite come in handy yet, but I'm keeping it in my back pocket. For those that are new to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, I have a background in stand-up comedy and television presenting in Australia. If you can hear the accent, that's where it's from. And uh, I got to do lots of crazy things in my time as a presenter. I was on a morning television show called The Circle, which is a bit like Loose Women if you're in the UK or The View in America. If you know those two shows, it's like a bit of a mixture. And I was a field reporter and they sent me out to do lots of crazy things. And uh, I was very lucky because I did a lot of travel reporting. Which my friends always sort of went, oh, you just get to go to luxury places and sit around in hotels. And I know I don't want to burst the, the luxury bubble here, but, you know, we we worked really hard. Can you hear the violins? We got to go to amazing places like the Cook Islands. And uh, I will say the Cook Islands, if you are looking for a honeymoon destination and they're not paying me to do this, no one's paying me to say this, it is the most amazing place in the whole world. I love the Cook Islands. I'd happily live there forever. I'd probably shut down completely. It's it's If you picture paradise... That's what you're going to. So we went to the Cook Islands to do a bit of a, a, a travelogue story for a week. And one of the provisors was that I had to get a motorbike little scooter license because that's how you get around on Rarotonga, the main island of Cook Islands. And uh, I'd never ridden a scooter or a motorbike before. And I thought, hey, if all these other millions of people in the world are doing it every day, I can do it really easily and of course they filmed me doing this test they said look here's the thing you just need to do a short driving test with the local police officer the local cop and he'll you know hopefully if you can do a good enough job he'll pass you you get this license and then we can go and film for the rest of the week so I hop on the bike a little bit too sure of myself and do an awful awful driving test it's like I've never driven a vehicle in my life I could barely hold the bike up. And not saying this is irresponsible. If you're listening to this going, well, you're an idiot. Yeah, Yes, you're probably right. I am an idiot. But also the crew were like, oh, who hasn't ridden a motorbike before? Just get the license and then we can go and do our jobs. And of course, our lovely crew is filming every second of this. And at some point, the cameraman, Fitzy, my lovely friend Fitzy, was shaking with laughter so much at my awful driving that you can see the picture moving. Anyway, I eventually pass by the the skin of my teeth to get this license and uh, now I am licensed to drive a motorbike in the Cook Islands. So when I return to the Cook Islands on some sort of luxury vacay, I'll be riding that bike with confidence because I'm licensed. There you go. And why am I talking about getting a license in the Cook Islands? How does this correspond with wedding planning? Well, I'll tell you, my friends. Here it is. We all possess lots of skills life skills that you would never imagine are useful except when planning a wedding. Now, I wasn't doing any motorbike riding on my wedding day. Granted, that skill, particularly that skill, hasn't really come in handy yet. But I know if there's some sort of issue or accident or something, I can pick up a motorbike and zoom off and solve that problem right now. Hear that? That's a siren in the background. 
I might have to go and ride a motorbike right now. You never know. My point is we all have lots of skills and lots of skills come into play when you are organizing a wedding because a wedding is a multifaceted event. You've got your people skills trying to keep everyone from being insane. You've got your negotiating skills. You put your, your sassy business heels on and get the best deal you can. Your practical skills, get the DIY happening if that's what floats your boat. Never underestimate what you can do. Oh, is she getting a bit Oprah on us? Unintentional Oprah. Unintentional Oprah moment happening right now. Now, what I'm saying is, I think I've said it. I think you get it. You can do anything. Use your skills. Get creative when it comes to wedding planning. And my guest today has done just that. My guest today is Carly Kiker. She is an author, a journalist, and she has created a fabulous book that I can recommend to you all because I read it. I have. It's called Hitched in a Hurry. And I love the little subheading, the ultimate how-to for a speedy I do. I say it a few times in the interview because it's a fabulous title and it's like a vocal warm-up. Carly organized her very own wedding in four and a half months. And uh, she knows what she's talking about. She really does. She's lived through it. She's a journalist. She's sassy and she has written such an easy read and that is a, a huge testament to Carly's wonderful tone that she has throughout the book. It's full of lists, so handy. Can I just say, when you're getting married, there is nothing better than a list that says, here's what you do to achieve these goals really quickly and make it happen. So if you are planning a wedding in a short timeline, this interview is absolutely for you. And also, if you're not planning a wedding in a short timeline, if you've got 18 months or bloody three years down the track like some of you... Listen to what Carly has to say because the other thing she's really good at is getting stuff done without the faff. It's a faff-free environment is what we're presenting today. It's saying, here are some goals. Here's what you need to do to make a wedding happen. Don't get stressed. No stressing. Don't want no stress. Make that go away. And uh, get it done and then you can move on with the next thing. Like, you know, spending time with your loved ones. Wedding planning's fun, but it's also great to shut the screen down and have a conversation with another human being. <laughs> and with that, I am going to transition over to my interview with the lovely Carly Kiker. Carly, you are a journalist, you're an author, you've got your own book out. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Hitched in a hurry, the ultimate how-to for a speedy I do. Gee whiz, I could say that 50 times. I enjoy saying that so much. <laughs> The creative writer in me needed to make it rhyme. <laughs> so, I mean, I think like I was researching and it said, you should include the word wedding in your title. And I'm like, forget that. It needs to rhyme. Number one priority. <laughs> no, I like it. And it says exactly what it is. You, you plan your wedding in four and a half months. Firstly, why? And then how? <laughs> so my husband and I have a really crazy love story. It took me about five blog posts to detail it. So I can't. Oh. I can't share the entire thing probably within 30 let's, minutes. Let's have the highlights. I love it. Yeah, I'll give you the highlights. So we started dating in January. We got engaged in March. We got married in July, <gasps> which makes me sound like a crazy person. No. But you have, to, <laughs> you have to know that um, we had been family friends since the time we were like three years old and um, connected again when we were in our 20s. And honestly... And we're both of the Christian faith, and I have to say it was a total God story. Like, it it seemed totally impossible because we really connected while I was living in France working as an au pair, oh. and he was still in school in North Carolina. So 
it was just craziness. All these amazing things happened. And basically by the time we started dating, we already knew that we were supposed to get married. So we thought, well, let's just get married then. You know, why waste a lot of time on a really extended engagement when the ultimate purpose is marriage anyhow? I agree. You know, it's funny. I've had, you know, relationships before and I think my podcast listeners will know this is my second engagement I didn't actually make it to the old the first time but there's something about when you meet the person that you are going to marry you just get this feeling well I felt when I met my husband Rich that it just felt right why why beat around the bush let's just get this done because uh it feels like you're just starting the rest of your life together so I totally connect with your story if you know you know I completely agree. And I had heard that my entire life Mm. and I never understood it until I experienced it. So, um, it's very encouraging, I think for, you know, your listeners to know that that is a real sensation. Yes. (laughs) You can trust (laughs) in it and it will happen. Um, and I'm thankful that it did. And, and yeah, we just saw no reason to, um, prolong that engagement period because we knew that we were supposed to just be partners in life. So let's start doing life together. It's really interesting. When I first started reading your book, I, there were like little light bulbs that went off quite a few times, um, especially in your introduction, where you sort of explain about you know, a little bit about your story and your wedding planning journey. And the question I really wanted to hit you up with first off is, where do you think this sort of 12 to 24 month wedding timeline that we are seeing over and over again, and I'm sure a lot of our brides and grooms that are listening are experiencing it now, where do you think that all started? So I think it's more of a modern phenomenon Mm. because um, in my book, I interviewed several real life couples um, and got their perspective on their hitch and hurry stories. And um, I found that a lot of people who were married back in the 50s or the 60s, they they all got married quickly. It just is what you did. You know, six months was kind of the maximum. Um, I think that these days there's a huge emphasis on the wedding day event. Uh, we have Pinterest to look at and, you know, we feel that urge to compare to other brides. Mm. And so we have to take extra steps to make sure that our day is quote perfect, mm. um, as if such a day existed. But, you know, we spend a lot of time lining up all the right details and we want to get it right. We want to make sure that it gets up on to style me pretty, you know, after the day is over, we have to have the best of the photographers, the best caterers and all of that. And so it can become extremely time consuming. You know, I've heard from girls that it feels almost like a second job. Yes, I have too. And isn't that funny? I, I, I have done quite a few episodes now where I focus on, I mean, Pinterest is I have uh, people are probably sick of hearing me bang on about this, but I have a love hate with it because I feel, yeah, I love looking at all the pictures, but I also feel that these expectations that we have created um, as a community of women and wedding planning people and, and probably blokes as well, but is unrealistic. And also we sort of forget what the day is actually about, which is why it's lovely to talk to you and have you say, it's because we're in love. We wanted to get married quickly and get on with our lives. Right. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, um, the love side of Pinterest is just that it's beautiful and it's fun to look at. Yeah. You know, as women, we want our days to be special and beautiful and gorgeous. And that's okay. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you should just run off, you know, and do a civil ceremony only because all of that is just frivolous and and doesn't matter. I mean, I think that it's important to create a day that really reflects you and your husband and you know, or you and your wife, whoever's listening in. Sure. Um, but, and it's a beautiful day and that's okay. However, 
you have to keep your perspective throughout that planning process and remember that the ultimate purpose of the wedding day is just to celebrate with family and friends the fact that you're getting married and starting a new life together. And I think having, I'm sure we can speak as married women now, that that is the best part of the day when your family and friends are there going, right on, woohoo, this is amazing. Exactly. It's it's so rewarding that you know, they're there to support and encourage you while you're making this commitment for a lifetime. It, it really is a truly momentous occasion because you're pledging your life to somebody else forever. Mm-hmm. And so to have their support there and their love and their excitement, it's it's really, really special. And as much as the napkin color, it feels important beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the tablecloth. Exactly. You don't really even think about the napkin or the tablecloth on the big day. I had the moments of the day that I, and this sounds silly, but it goes so quickly. And I know everyone says that, but it really does where we could have been eating with picnic tables and plastic chairs. <laughs> and I wouldn't have cared. Exactly. And then, you know what is, this even sounds bad, but there's people who will end up not being able to make it on the day of. Mm. And you don't find out until later, but you're so zoned in on that day. It's like you almost don't even notice. And I know that sounds bad, but from the very, very big details to the really minute ones, no matter what goes wrong or if anything goes awry or whatever, you still know that at the end of the day, you're going to walk away as a wife instead of a fiance. And so ultimately it's okay. And, you know, if a relative has to miss it because their flight is delayed or whatever, you send them a ton of pictures afterward and invite them into town, you know, for a dinner afterward. I mean, everything can truly be resolved, but you know, you're walking away as a wife. So I have been, when I found you on Twitter, when I found you, it's like me discovering you. (laughs) (laughs) You're like my agent. I will say Carly has had quite a lovely career before I discovered her on Twitter. But <laughs> when I started to read the tweets that you were getting, and also they're very similar to some of the tweets I've been getting and reading from newly engaged uh, ladies and gents saying, oh my goodness, I'm panicked, I'm stressed, I don't know what to do, there's so much to do, I just wish this was over, which makes me sad because I think, oh, that's that's not the way it should be. Right. When I read your sort of the the idea about your book, it really made me go. Actually, maybe we should all be getting hitched in a hurry because maybe this stress wouldn't exist as much if we just just got it out there. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think is it more stressful to plan a really quick wedding, or is it is it harder? So you know, it it can it can be both. <laughs> Again, because I really think it's all about perspective. You know, for some people, a hitch in a hurry time frame might not work because let's say that, you know, um, both parties are still in school and they want to, you know, delay their wedding until after they've both graduated. I totally get that. Sure. And so um, a, a really quick wedding just might not work for somebody who's in medical school and, you know, in the middle of their third year. Um, however, I do think that it can work for most couples. Um, I think society right now really is telling us that the 12 to 18 month timeline is normal, Mm. but what's normal? I mean, do what's best for you as a couple. And then, you know, it can be stressful to try and get all of your vendors in order in a limited time frame. But really, if you just have an attitude that's flexible and that you just take the hits as they come and you say, okay, photographer A is booked, I'm going to move on to photographer B and my wedding day will still be documented. It will still be beautiful and I will still remember it and that's okay. Yeah. Um, so as long as you kind of keep that flexible attitude, 
it really doesn't have to be stressful, even though you're working in kind of a crunch time type mentality. I think it's really interesting. I, I do love in 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 your book um, the real life stories. I think that's just delightful to read. You know, lots of different reasons as to why people have chosen to get hitched in a hurry, and they're, they're really diverse reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's it's interesting because I think also talking about stress, reading some of those those real life stories back. None mm-hmm. of those people were stressed. They all seem really casual about about planning their weddings and the outcome. It seems to be something if you choose to do it, you got to roll with it. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. And you know, one of the couples, Leah and Chris, they planned their wedding in 10 days. Mm. Uh, because they were about he was about to move overseas and so instead of delaying their, you know, wedding for a year and having a really extended in- engagement, um, they decided to just go ahead and get married and she was able to get a gown custom designed in 10 days. They had beautiful florals. They had a photographer. They had a beautiful dinner, you know, with friends and family. Uh, it was a very small ceremony, but still beautiful and memorable. And so I think that really proves that anything is possible if you have the right attitude and, you know, can pull in the right resources. One thing that stood out for me, and and you actually said a few times in the book, is if you are booking a wedding really in a short time frame, it actually could work to your advantage with vendors if they don't have a booking for that time. You know, you can negotiate with them a little bit more perhaps if you're trying to fill a space that they were never going to fill in that sort of short time frame. Right. Exactly. And, you know, you can look at off days. Um, Everybody wants to get married on a weekend and there's only so many weekends. However, you know, maybe a Thursday is more available um, or a Monday. So you could still invite, you know, guests if you're having a destination wedding to come out on a Saturday. You know, you could relax with them, have a Sunday brunch and then get married on a Monday because really why not? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if it's a holiday weekend or something like that when they already have time off from work. That's a great idea. Yeah, if you just think outside the box and get creative, you can totally find the venue and that will work for you. And I always say if you are booking on an off day, it's a really good opportunity for negotiating with the cost as well because if they haven't got something booked, they're not going to make the money. So they're probably a lot a lot more um, open to your advances if you uh, want to negotiate. Definitely. Um, and, you know, a, if you're a hitch and hurry bride, you're not necessarily on a budget, but a lot of time, I mean, who isn't on a budget, sure. even if your budget is exactly. $100,000? Everyone's on a budget of some sort. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just go in there and um, ask for what you want. And like you said, if you are trying to get married on a sort of off day that wouldn't normally be filled, they're definitely going to be um, more willing to work with you, I would say. Absolutely. Carly, if you are looking to get hitched in a hurry, can we hit hit through some of the main things that you need to lock in to make a wedding work? What are the bare minimum things that you need to to lock in? Say I'm getting married in three months' time. How do I do it? So you're going to want to make a guest list immediately because the guest list kind of drives the entire process. Um, you're going to want to get your invitations out as quickly as possible. If you're getting married in three months, I would say that you can still um, send out traditional printed invitations. However, if you're trying to be super speedy and going for like a 10-day to two-week type engagement and planning period, you're going to want to send out an emailed um, invitation just so that your guests have plenty of time to make that call and say, yes, I'll be there. 
And the email invitation doesn't just have to be a crappy Gmail thing. We're not it's, talking about that, are we? We're saying... No, there's um, things like paperless posts today that really look gorgeous. It yeah. looks like almost, you know, could create a gold foil invitation, but it just pops up digitally, which is really cool. Um, so, you know, don't feel ashamed or anything if that's something you have to resort to. I think that you know, why not? Everybody is using technology anyways these days. So it's a great way to kind of guarantee that it's going to land in their inbox. And you're probably more likely to get a speedy RSVP using that method as well. So that's definitely an option for the super speedy brides. Mm. Um, after you've sent out your invitations, you know, the hunt for the dress is on. Yes. Um, a lot of traditional retailers are going to say that you have to order your dress six months in advance. Is that a scam? Is that a scam, Carly? What do we think quietly? <laughs> quietly, as if no one else was listening in. Let's pretend it it's just be, you and me. Is it a scam? It might be a scam. <laughs> because I truly believe... Okay, if I was Britney Spears and yeah. I went in and said, I need my dress tomorrow, it would happen. Would I it think, not? I think Spears <laughs> would make things do. What you, get, you get the dress whenever you damn want the dress. <laughs> or like who's a less controversial you know, Carrie Underwood okay yes I like how you've gone from Brittany to Carrie like, <laughs> yeah somebody has not shaved their head or whatever but anyway if I was any celebrity I could go in and I could probably get my dress the next day yeah um and I really do think that if you tell people hey like this is our story this is the timeline I'm on work with me here is there a rush fee that I can pay to get it in more quickly you know, I ultimately ordered my dress from David's Bridal, mm-hmm. and I got my dress in within like two to three months. Um, so I, it was kind of right there at the edge of when I needed it, but I got it in, and I was able to really make the dress my own through tailoring, right. and then through adding an accessory, which I wore a turquoise belt that I thought was really fun. Oh, so even if you're buying something off the rack or from, um, you know from, let me start that over. So even if you're buying a dress from off the rack or from a retailer such as David's Bridal that you can find in a lot of different locations, um, you still have that option to really customize it through touches, you know, such as tailoring or accessories. And you also bring up the great point that there are samples. You can always ask a, a, a bridal retailer, Hey, have you got something I can buy off the rack right now? Exactly. And if it's six sizes too big, again, you take it right to the tailor and they will make it look like a custom fit gown. So yes, buying a sample dress is definitely a great option that um, I discuss in the book. And then once you have those three things knocked out, um, it's very, very important to get your venue nailed down. You know, if you're getting married in your backyard, then great. You know that your venue is available. But if you're trying to go somewhere like a resort, um, a hotel, um, just a ballroom anywhere, you're going to need to make that phone call pretty much three seconds after you get engaged <laughs> and figure out um, what dates that they have open. You know, be flexible um, about your date and get that on the books. And if they have an in-house caterer, all the better because yes. they knocked out, you know, two birds with one stone. And that's always a good thing when wedding planning. So I think um, those are four really, really big ones. The fifth, you know, (laughs) take time to really continue investing in your future marriage. That's quite a big one. (laughs) It's a huge one. You know, date date your future spouse, love each other, laugh a lot, um, hold hands, you know, like go to the flower appointments together and, and just make it into a really fun experience for both of you. 
ask him to help you out maybe with booking the honeymoon or arranging for the getaway transportation, just doing more manly things like stocking the bar or whatever, you know, delegate to your fiance and, and team up to work on the wedding day together because you'll be teaming up and working together on your marriage for the rest of your life. So, you know, it's a great idea to start on that during the engagement. Absolutely. I love you refer to them as it's do duties, as I say in my American accent, <laughs> do duties. <laughs> and it's true. And, and you also said this is great the uh, chapter about the faceless fiance. And it really rang home with me um, because, I mean, Rich and I, we planned the wedding together. He was absolutely involved. I know not all guys want to do that. But I also think that some brides especially uh, get a little carried away and get a bit how do you say control freaky and right. <laughs> don't want to um, allow sort of get a bit crazy and mental and sort of say, no, 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 I know how to do it properly. I'm the only one that can do it. And that's what leads to breakdowns. And also, as you said, it's not very, you know, you're going to be a team. It's not very team friendly when you're excluding the other team member. Exactly. You know, I think we've, a lot of us have bought into the lie and, you know, myself included, because it's easy to really get caught up during the planning process and, you, you buy into that lie that it's your day yes. as a bride. I hate and it's that lie. <laughs> it's just, you're not marrying yourself. You know, you're marrying your husband. And so it's about both of you. And you want the day to be as special for him as it is for you. you granted, the guy is most likely not going to get as woohoo, hands in the air, <laughs> excited over, you know, the napkins. That I love you those set. napkins. Yeah, I love those napkins. Let's write one. Perfect home. You know, he's not going to like jump up and down maybe about the tablecloths or whatever, but it's still his day. And so you want to actively, you know, seek out ways to draw him into the process. That could even be in um, a simple way as like, customizing his wedding band. Um, that's something that I did for my husband. I had a my promise ring given to me um, by my parents when I was 13. I had the gold heart from in that band melted down and incorporated into his wedding band. And that's honestly like one of the most special details from our wedding day mm. that I just treasure. And it was a way for me to just express to him, how much I love him um, and really celebrate him on the day of the wedding as well. I think that's really touching. And also I think a lot of people forget about the little details like that, which is what is, as you said, makes it so special and memorable as well. Right. And the details are what really set each of our weddings apart. You know, otherwise you would see on Pinterest, like a ton of white cakes and white dresses and white tablecloths and it would all look the same. So, so boring. Right, exactly. So in those details. <laughs> um, I did have a giggle reading your Bridezilla barometer, which, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I think, look, when you buy the book, because people will now, don't worry, they're going to buy the book. <laughs> oh, Milli- millions of people, no, which is available <laughs> on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Correct. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they're not going to buy it. I say, when they buy the book and they will now, just because of my podcast, forget it. But Because <laughs> you discovered me. Because I discovered you. Call, make all the bookings through me now. No. I love it. <laughs> Bridezilla Barometer, it really made me giggle, but also I did make, I made a couple of wincing noises because I know women that have actually said a lot of yeses to these answers. Right. I'm going to share a couple with our listeners here. This right. is a yes and a no thing. Your original wedding budget doubled, then it tripled, then it exploded altogether. I think that's <laughs> a lot of women and men. 
<laughs> right. And there's a lot of dads who would hear that and show oh. us their empty wallets. I can promise oh, you. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. Oh my gosh. Your bridesmaids have defriended you on all forms of social media and in real life. <gasps> That's another one, isn't it? The bridesmaids. You gotta, yes. You got to keep everything in check. What is it about a wedding that can create drama? Oh, you tell me. It's, it's, <laughs> I feel like now, and this is uh, this is going to come out all wrong. I've mm-hmm. been bridesmaid in a few weddings, and gee whiz, it's stressful. From I've been mm-hmm. a bride in only one wedding, but bridesmaid in a few, and you just want to keep everyone happy, but everyone's slightly on edge, and they could kill you at any moment. Right, and <laughs> I, I, you know, they might hate their dress or. They might just be in a bad mood and forget that, you know, the day is not about them. And that's just part of being in relationships with other humans. You know, you've got to give them, you've got to give them grace. They've got to give you some grace. And ultimately, you know, if you've got some great girls by your side, it'll all work out and and you can mend those those little patches of drama. But it does, don't be surprised, ladies, if some, some little snafu pops up between you and your girls before the big I do. I always think, and that's so true, I always think with bridesmaids, a lot of the time you are bringing, and this is my one of my very you know regular Seinfeld sort of situations I'm bringing here, it's worlds, <laughs> it's worlds collide. You're usually bringing girls right. together that aren't necessarily chicks that hang out all the time. You're right. bringing people from different, different aspects of your life and then expecting them to all just get along and make it work. And then you're also bringing in a bizarre female rivalry that I've witnessed a few times where bridesmaids are sort of going, well, I'm her best friend. No, no, no. I know her better. Correct. Yes. So weird. And you know, that's kind of unavoidable, but you just don't have to take it to heart. You know, you're, you're there to interact with all of your friends. You love them all. If there are any type of hurt feelings, you know, that's just too bad because it really shouldn't be about all of that. You shouldn't be so focused on just entertaining all of your bridesmaids that you're not really enjoying the wedding experience. So I think that that kind of thing can be solved just by open and honest communication and then say, all right, group hug, let's talk <laughs> and, you know, go get our nails done and have yeah. a great day. <laughs> and it's like group hug. And if you don't like each other, grin and bear it. And it's my day. Just shut up and get along with it. Just please look good in the pictures and <laughs> yeah. smile and act like you like each other. Thing. You can hate each other afterwards. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones. <laughs> you hired a bouncer to expel any guests wearing white from your wedding ceremony. Bridezilla <laughs> active. I love that. I think wearing, <laughs> wearing white's fine now, isn't it, as a guest? Or is that still a no? You know, I still hear both. Um, I think that there's definitely, actually a lot of brides these days are having their bridesmaids wear tones of white. Yeah. Um, just because it has that, you know, really soft and ethereal look. So some brides are, you know, all about it and some are still feeling like, oh, you're competing with me and I don't like it. Um, settle down. Yeah. But if somebody walks in wearing white, give them grace. You're not going to notice it anyway on the day. Exactly. Just like the napkins and the picnic tables. Exactly. Carly, I have to tell you quickly, one of my stories of our wedding planning, I, I also bought, I went, I worked for an Australian TV show and we had a weird four day trip to New York where we came and did a bit of a press junket and I went to David's bridal and I bought a wedding dress and I was pretty happy with myself Mm. and this, uh, was great. It was an off the shoulder gown with a big puffy, you know, skirt. Uh And then I went home and we booked the wedding and it was all, you know, a little bit more hipster, boho sort uh-huh. of ideal 
And we got to three or four weeks before the wedding and I kept trying this dress on and it was a winter wedding and I kept trying the dress on. It was a beautiful dress and I was worried about being cold because I'm a nana and I kept thinking, all right, I'll get a snazzy little cardigan because I've kept finding all these Pinterest photos with cardigans and belts Uh and I was (laughs) trying every combination of cardigan and belt. I bought all these cardigans, which I still have to this day. Nothing (laughs) worked. And then a Sunday morning I woke up and it was the only thing that wasn't sitting with me about the wedding and I called my friend and I said Julia we need to go shopping right now oh my word and she got in her car and she picked me up and we were very calm it was two weeks before the wedding I'm going to be honest a Sunday two weeks before the wedding and we went along one of the high street shops uh, shopping areas in Melbourne and I found my dress off the rack it was a little woolen dress and it was beautiful $300 bam in the bag so I think when I was reading your stories about finding a dress in a hurry, I was like, I didn't get hitched in a super hurry, but I found right. that bloody dress really quickly. <laughs> and you proved, though, that, you know, if you are working within only a two-week time frame, you can find the dress of yes. your dress. Just stay Love calm it. and take a really calm friend with you. Exactly. Call a very calm chauffeur. And, oh. have <laughs> and an honest friend, because Julia, my beautiful friend Julia, she was so cool, and I think she realized that I was having crisis I didn't have any sort of crises during the wedding but I think she realized when she got that call it was like right action stations let's go and fix this problem right now (laughs) and I donated my David's bridal dress to Goodwill and I really hope someone had an amazing wedding day in it because I felt good just giving it away not to be too on myself I love that and I'm sure that they did somebody walked in and they got a brand new dress and they just fell in love with it I think that's really really cool it is and we don't have David David's bridal in Australia so you know I thought there you go it's something new there's so that's my hitch in a hurry story for you <laughs> I love it love it. thank you for sharing thank you well thank you for listening now any last minute uh tips that you would have for for brides and grooms that are getting hitched in a hurry any sort of calming mantras that you can share At the very back of the book, it just kind of has a summary statement. You know, we've gone through all of this journey together in the book. Well, I should say all this journey. It's 118 pages. It's an easy read. It's a great read. (laughs) Speedy brides need a quick read. Of course. (laughs) We've talked about, you know, how and what to register for. We've talked about how to delegate tasks to your groom. We've talked about, you know, giving your bridesmaids the option to pick out their own gown. We've talked about not over comparing on Pinterest. We've talked about ideas of what to give hosts and hostesses of bridal showers. You know, we've talked about all of these things and what it all comes down to for me, like in terms of calming mantras is just love each other. Well, you know, treat each other during the engagement and, and the stress of the, the wedding planning process Treat each other like you want to treat each other for the rest of your lives. Like I said earlier, hold each other's hands. You know, go to the movies together. Take dedicated time um, just to sit down and talk about anything other than Mm. cakes and (laughs) flowers and all of that, you know, that stuff that is part of the wedding day because it's fun and it's beautiful and, you know, it will be memorable and special. You can submit it to the wedding magazine, you know, your dreams afterward, and that will be a great time too. But when it comes down to it, you know, those charger plates are going to be put away. The flowers are going to wilt. The champagne will be all gone. And you're just, you're left with a marriage. And I think that, you know, after the hubbub and the hoopla and all of that of the wedding day dies down, you know, and you're, you're in your new home and you're doing laundry and you're eating frozen pizza because 
know, you don't have time to be a super Martha Stewart housewife like you thought you would. You, You just, you can yearn for that excitement of the wedding day again and the glamour of it if you didn't remember throughout your engagement that you're, what you're trying to get to is that point of being a wife and doing laundry and like living life together and making a dinner in the crock pot and, and, you know, going on adventures together and fighting over Netflix. Exactly. Like all of the day to day, whatever, you know, defines your day to day, like with your man, that's what you're trying to get to. So the point is not the wedding day. The point is the marriage. So just love each other well throughout that wedding planning process. And, you know, all the little details just will take care of themselves. Oh my goodness. I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that we're in agreement. Oh, what a crackerjack guest. She's fantastic. I love it. And look, I think if you are interested in getting hitched in a hurry, or you are getting hitched in a hurry, or you just decided after listening to this podcast, damn, I don't need to spend 18 months. Let's do it in three. (laughs) Pick up a copy of Carly's book in Barnes & Noble if you're in the States and online, I'm sure, uh, through Barnes & Noble and on Amazon.com. I will link to all of these wonderful things in the Save the Date Wedding Podcast show notes at savethedatepodcast.com. You'll be able to find Carly online. Do you want to see your web address, Carly? Sure. You can find um, the Hitched in a Hurry book at hitchedinahurrybook.com or you can find my personal author website at carlykiker.com. You might have to spell that one out too because my name is a little funky the way it's spelled. Oh, it's it's a cool name. It's K-A-R-L-E-Y-K-I-K-E-R.com. It's very perky. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the Save the Date Wedding podcast. And uh, I'm just very grateful for your time. It's fabulous. Thanks so much for having me. I have really enjoyed this. And um, thanks to all who listened in. And good luck in your own Hitched in a Hurry. There you have it. That is Carly Kiker. And if you have any questions for upcoming Q&A episodes, I would love you to get in touch. Please visit savethedatepodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those various things. I'm everywhere. You can find me. Just Google. And uh, I really look forward to talking to you next episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Happy days.